0: our point the verse we're going to look at tonight we're just looking at one verse of scripture and i want to give you a word of encouragement and that is the theme for our thanksgiving banquet tonight second corinthians 9 15 if we could show that please second corinthians 9 15 i'd like you to read that with me if you can read english tonight I can read that with me. Chapter 9, verse 15, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Let's read it all together. It's on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. Let's read it together. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let me repeat that. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You may be seated. What a simple thought. Thanks be unto God. A famous author was asked one time that was, actually wrote many, many books and uh, was asked one time. They, they kind of estimated that, that uh, his, everything he wrote was worth or valued around $1,000 a word. And so some reporters came to him and they went up to him. They said, Mr. Kipling, we understand that uh, the value of every word you have is worth about $1,000. Here is $1,000. Give us one of those words. The man received the $1,000. he looked at the reporter, he said, thanks. And if you think about that tonight, the word, the word thanks is a very, very important word. It's a, it's a word of thankfulness. It's a very valuable word. In our scripture tonight, the Apostle Paul speaks about being thankful. You know, this evening we were served food. Um, a lot of time and effort was spent in preparing these tables and things. And we're very thankful for those things. I you tonight as we look at the scripture that we, you get around Christians a little bit, that sometimes you, some Christians, we, we typically will say things like praise the Lord or thanks be to God and amen and things like that. And that's all good and I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul gave these words it was not just Christian jargon that he gave there these were words that were very meaningful to him I reminded the story of a preacher that was out in the country in a horse and he trained this horse uh, how to obey him and he thought I'm going to use two phrases to get the horse to go and to stop and so to get the the horse going to activate it he used the phrase thanks be to God so if he said thanks be to God the, the horse would take off and when he wanted the horse to stop, he would say amen. So he practiced it several times. So finally one day he got the court. The horse really rehearsed where he said, thanks be to God, the horse took off. When he said amen, the horse would stop. Well, one day he got up he said, you know, I'm just going to see how the horse does on a long-distance journey. And he lived way, down, way out in the prairie there someplace. There, so he just went out for a long distance. And he got on the horse. He mounted the horse. He said, thanks be to God. When he said thanks be to God, the horse started taking off and running and running and running. Then finally he said, you know, I need to stop for a little bit here. And uh, there's some water on the side here. I'm going to get some water and maybe just take some food. And eat, so he said, Amen. And the horse stopped. Well, then, he, after he drank some water and ate some food, he suddenly back on the horse again. And he mounted himself back on the horse and he said, Thanks be to God. And the horse started taking off. One be of noticed this preacher that as the horse kept on going, there was it was on a canyon area and uh, it was approaching a cliff. And he started to realize there was a cliff there. And, uh, and you know, sometimes you kind of blank out in what you're thinking, and the preacher blanked out. And instead of saying amen, he kept going, whoa, 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 because that's what cowboys do, right? You say, whoa, 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 to stop the horse. But the horse was not trained to stop at whoa, whoa, whoa. It was trained to stop at amen. Well, the preacher started panicking, and just as the horse came to the ledge, he remembered to say amen. He said, amen, and the horse stopped. Well, the preacher had a sigh of relief. He looked up to heaven. and He said, thanks be unto God. (laughs) You might say that the preacher had a heart filled with thanksgiving. You know, the word thanksgiving, we take it for granted, but you know the word thanksgiving comes from the Bible. The word thanksgiving is, a, is from the word charis in the Greek. It speaks about a spirit of grace. Thanksgiving is a grace. Thanksgiving is a virtue. It's a spiritual virtue. It's a grace that you perceive from a heart. It reflects a heart that is overflowing with an abundance of gratefulness and thankfulness. I like the word Thanksgiving. I like the fact that it reflects a spirit of grace. And tonight we're, we're, we're celebrating just simply by saying thanks be to God. Now tonight, very very quickly, I just I think this is good because we get to assemble as family and friends tonight, and while we're here this evening to just pause for a minute and in retrospect think back of all the goodness of God. I have a good friend of mine who's here today that a month ago was I had a very serious illness, and his wife contacted me and said, so, Pastor, pray for my husband. He's had a very serious illness, and when, I got, when they ripped right on the church camp, I was so happy to see them. The, he's looking well. I wouldn't have guessed he had this illness and this, this event that happened, but it was, uh, it was, very, it was a very trying experience for, for my two friends there for a few days, and I'm thankful they're here tonight. And I can tell you tonight, they're very thankful they're here. Uh, we have a visiting pastor and his wife that are here tonight. They uh, were pastoring up in Fallon, Nevada for several years, and uh, he's recently feeling, feeling the Lord that is leading him back to the mission field to go back to Mexico. He's visiting with us tonight. I forgot to tell him it's our Thanksgiving banquet, but they came anyway, and I'm thankful they're here. And, Many of you are their first-time visitors who are here. We have a, a friend of ours that we met recently who's the activities director for one of the uh, leading convalescent home facilities here in the Bay Area. And uh, she's here with us. And many of you brought your friends and family. We're thankful that you're here tonight. But there's some things I think as we gather here that are very important about Thanksgiving that we stop for a moment to think about. So when you think about this verse, it says, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Now there's one specific gift God's talking about, but leading into it, I want to give you three things, three gifts I think that we need to be thankful for. Three important gifts that I think is really important we're thankful for. Number one, I want you to be thankful with me for your health. How many are thankful you've got good health tonight? Amen? You're thankful for your health. I mean, I'm thankful for the gift of health. Tomorrow I'm taking my mom. You might remember this tomorrow. I'm taking my mother in she has to have a kneecap replacement tomorrow. She's been in terrible pain for two years. She can barely walk. And the last two weeks there, just in between everything else going on, I've tried to get her to the doctors and try to go through a lot of things. And so first thing tomorrow morning, I'm going to take her in. And, and we're just sitting there in the doctor's office the other day, and mom, mom was just, you know, just she wasn't complaining to anything like that. But I said, Mom, it's a good thing to have good health. And she's not a believer and praying that she would be one day. And maybe even through this experience, she would be. But we're thankful for good health. I'm thankful for good health. Every year that goes by, I'm thankful for good health. Uh, you'll notice that right now we're in the flu season I'll shake your hand and immediately to stay in good health I'm going to run the restroom and wash my hands amen you know and uh, I don't want to catch anything and I don't want to give anything there but good health is a gift from God I remind of a story of a man by the name of Brian this man by the name of Brian was relocated from one side of the country to the other because of a job transfer. So you might think he transferred from California to New York. And he arrived there in New York City. And of course, he didn't know anybody. And uh, this man had a very complicated and comprehensive health history. And so he thought, you know, the first thing I need to do is probably bring a copy of my health records with me and uh, go find a new doctor. And that's, you know, that could be a trying experience. If you've had a doctor you've used for a long time and you like that doctor, it's kind of, it's kind of a trying experience to try to find the right doctor for yourself. And so uh, he said, you know, I'm going to try to find this doctor. And he finally, after several referrals and interviews, he found a doctor he liked in New York City. And he brought this folder, this manila folder filled with his extensive health record. I mean, it was kind of like that there. They brought it in and they gave it to the, the attending nurse. She brought it to the doctor. And this man, Brian, had to wait in the uh, waiting room for a long period of time. Finally, the doctor said, Come on in. And he brought him in. And the doctor looked at him and he said, Brian, he said, I've looked over your health history. Man, you've got an extensive health history. And Brian didn't know what to say, and the doctor just kind of lowered his glasses, looked at him, and he said, Brian, I have to say this. There's one thing I can say for certain. You look better in person than you do on paper. And I think that's how some of us feel, that probably we look better in person than we, feel, than we look on paper. You know, good health is a premium. Enjoy your good health. Take care of your health. Don't abuse your health. Be good to your health. How many of us can, can concur with the fact that we need to be in good health in what we do? I'm reminded of the story of three men that were out fishing these men were out fishing, having a good time, but they all had some issues going on with them health-wise. And amazingly, an angel appeared to them. And this angel appeared and kind of startled these three men as they were there on this boat. And uh, this angel appeared and went to the first man. He said, Sir, he said, I'd like to do something to help you. And the man was kind of bent over a little bit there. He said, Well, you know, I have a bad back. He said, i sure like to get... Get wet rid of this back pain and sciatic nerve issues, stuff like that. And the angel went around him on this boat and touched the man's back. And boom, this man's back was well. And he he felt good all of a sudden there. Well, immediately the angel turned to the second man. He looked at the second man. He said, sir, what can I do for you? And he said, well, look at these glasses. How many remember growing up as a kid the the cartoon called Fearless Fly? And Fearless Fly, he had these glasses about this thick there. And the man had glasses that thick. He had very, very bad vision. And so the angel reached over, took the man's glasses threw in the water. And boom, this man was able to see very, very well. Well, two men are, done, are doing well. One's got a good back now. One can see. And they looked at the third man. The third man got started. and said, no, no, no. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. I'm on disability. Don't touch me right now, you know. <laughs> now, that's a man probably to say the way he is, but I think for most it, we'd like to be in good health. Take care of your health. Health is a gift from God. Amen. The apostle John made this statement. Listen to this. He said in the little book of 3 John, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Take care of your health. Your family needs you healthy. Your church needs you healthy. You do more with good health than you do with bad health. That's not to mean that you can't do something great with battle. God has used many servants of his who've had, who've battled health problems. But I'm just saying tonight, good health is a good thing. Let me give you a thought tonight about health. First of all, you ought to be spiritually healthy. you got to be spiritually healthy, okay? Take care of your soul. Most important thing about your soul, read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. Let the pastor minister to you. Have a pastor like myself in life. In fact, for all of you here tonight as guests, I would love to earn the privilege to be your pastor. My wife would like to earn the privilege to be the pastor's wife to you. Our church would like to earn the privilege to be your church that can minister to you. You get around this church, Pastor AJ and all the men around here. I mean, just watching the video, I just was weeping there a little bit on the platform here because I'm just so thankful for my church family. We've got a loving church family, and it's a great church family. We have a great time together. We rejoice with them that rejoice, and we weep with them that weep. But I'm telling you today that you need to take care of your soul. Don't wait until you're sick and you're ill and you're falling apart that you start thinking about God. Think about God now. Think about taking care of your soul right now. Your soul is the most important thing about you. I did a Bible study the other night at one of our extension ministries, and I was taking them to Psalms 23. And David said this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. But listen to this. He restoreth my soul. You know, sometimes our soul life gets depleted. Our soul life gets empty. Our soul life feels like we are greatly need of something. You know what you need? You need more of God. You need more time in prayer. You need to spend time with God. I'm encouraging you tonight. Take care of your soul. Work on your soul health. But listen, work on your physical health. Take care of your body. Your body, you don't, your body wears out. It doesn't get better over time. Your body wears out. You need to take care of your body. By the way, have a good attitude. The Bible says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I mean, a little bit of laughter is good for the soul. How many believe that tonight? Amen? A little laughter is good for the soul. You need to rejoice and be happy. And don't take things too seriously and don't get all stressed out about things. You know, you say, well, Pastor Fong, we're, we live in the Bay Area and we have to commute one hour to work and two hours to work. I understand that half of our church does that. But you know what? You can get a good music CD like our choir CD and you can get a good, pre- a good preaching CD and put it inside there and get your soul edified and built up. That'll do you a lot of good there, okay? But you need to have a merry heart. You know, you're on a road, everybody's got road rage. Don't you have road rage, amen? You know, you be happy in the Lord and thank God for it. Listen, a good attitude does a lot for your blood pressure. A good attitude does a lot for your mental state of being. It's all good for you there. Uh, Eat healthy, exercise, maintain an active routine. If you've got bad health habits, maybe instead of waiting January 1st tonight, make it a goal that, you know, I'm just going to live healthy there. I'm just saying today, we, we thank God for the blessing of good health, amen? Thank God for the blessing of good health tonight. Elisha the prophet asked a woman, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? Is it well with thy soul? And I ask you the question tonight, is it well with thee? Let's thank God tonight for the blessing of good health. But let me give you a second thing real quickly. Let's thank God for the blessing of a good home. Where do you go when you need comfort? You go home. Where do you go when you need rest? You go home. Where do you go when you're broken down and beaten up? You go home. You know, we have to put on our game face when we go to work, don't we? You put on your game face, you've got to do your thing, By the end of the day, you know, you're just, after you've gone through that routine a little bit, you're thinking, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep on doing this. We need to be thankful for the gift of home. I mean, be thankful for your family. Are you thankful for your family tonight? An elderly lady was very thankful that she had three sons that she'd raised, and they were very successful in what they did. Her three sons got together, and they said, you know, we need to do something for mama, to show our appreciation for her. And all three sons, Pastor AJ, they were very competitive. They liked to compete with each other since while they were growing up. And now they were grown men and they still like to compete with each other. They said, well, let's have a contest. Let's see who can give the gift that Mama will be most thankful for among the three of us. They said, agree to. The first son... He gave, mother, he gave his mother a house and he came and he said, I built a big house for mother. It's got multiple rooms. It's 10,000, 12,000 square feet in size. I built a great home for her and all of that. I'm sure she's going to be thankful for that home. The second son, the first son was a successful doctor. The second son was a successful uh, trial lawyer. He said, well, I think I did better than that. You got mama a big home. I got her a Mercedes-Benz AMG with a chauffeur driver, okay? And he said, I got her a car that goes fast. I got her car that's very expensive. I got her car that she likes. And and just in case she doesn't, I even provided a chauffeur driver. I'm sure mama will be thankful for that, Mercedes-Benz AMG. Well, the third son said this. He said, listen, I got all you guys beat. He said, I did something better than that. He said, you guys know that mom enjoys reading the Bible. And you know that her eyesight is not very good. She can't read very well. So I got her a remarkable parrot. I got her a parrot that was trained how to recite the verses of the Bible. In fact, this parrot is so good, the pastor who owned this parrot took 12 years to train this this parrot to learn every chapter and verse of the Bible. He said, I'm going to tell you, mom appreciates my gift more than she appreciates what you guys gave. Well, they gave their gifts to mom and she gave her usual accolade. She said, thank you very much. And then she thought, you know, Thanksgiving was coming up. She thought, you know, I need, to, I need to write a letter to all my sons and I need to let them know how thankful I am. So she wrote the first letter. And the first letter said this She said, uh, Dear Milton, the house you built is very large, it's very huge. I only need one little room to live in. And she says, Just because of that, I still have to clean the whole house, but I'm thankful anyway. Thank you very much for it. So she wrote the second letter. She says, Now, dear Gerald, she said, I'm too old to travel anymore. My eyesight isn't what it used to be, and I stay home most of the time, and this car goes too fast for me. On top of that, the chauffeur driver you provided me, he's a very rude man, and I don't like this man driving for me. But in spite of all that, thank you for the car. Well, then she wrote the letter to the thirds on this list. She said, Dear Donald, dearest Donald, now you have the good sense to know what your mother likes. That chicken that you sent me was delicious. <laughs> she was thankful for her son's. I'm thankful for the gift of family. Thankful for my children, my wife. See, my wife and I have been married 37 years this year. It's it's gone like a blur. I'm enjoying having a granddaughter. I enjoy our church family, but I love my family. I love being around my family. I love having them around. They're busy, but I love having them around. Man, give you encouragement about your family tonight? Be patient with each other. We get too stressed out and we make, make things bigger than they need to be. Be patient with each other. Be kind to each other. Be forgiving of each other. Amen. Do things together as a family. Children, young people, can I give you a thought here? Tell your mother and father that you th- thank you every now and then. Just don't wait for them to say something. Tell them thank you for what they do for you. Don't be rude. Don't talk back to your parents. Uh, Learn some people skills. If you don't know how to do people skills, come see me, Pastor AJ. We'll teach you some people skills, okay? And uh, we'll help you to just do some things. Don't sit in your room play gaming and kind of shut the door and leave your parents out. You ought to be all-inclusive within your mom and dad. Help them with chores around the house. And be careful. Sometimes mom and dad make decisions you're not going to appreciate as a young person. But don't, don't gang up together on your mom and gang up together on your dad. Just realize they love you and they're trying to be good to you on things. And then moms and dads, let me encourage you to be thankful for your children. Every now and then tell your, your sons and daughters that you're very thankful for them. Now, there's two extremes we can go to as parents. One extreme is we can be too overbearing and we can exasperate them by being too overbearing. I mean, you're just being very demanding and you feel like they're not perfect and they're not getting anything done. Don't be critical of your child, especially in front of other people. On the other hand, we can be overindulging. We can overindulge our children and give too much to them, and we actually we're actually not helping them by giving too much to them. I mean, as parents, understand the biblical balance that you need to have. Um, Give them responsibilities. Take them to work with you. I think it's a good thing to take your children to work with you. Moms, I know you're busy, especially in this day and age. Living here in California, almost every mother I know has to work a job just to make ends meet. But moms, every now and then, be sure you take time to teach your daughters how to be ladies. And dads, make sure you take time to teach your boys how to be Amen. And teach them how to work and do a few things like that. Take them to the pistol range every now and then, okay? Not a MR, an NRA member, but you need to take them to pistol range every now and then, okay? you got to teach them some things like that, okay? Read the Bible and pray with them. Then husbands and wives, let me encourage you about this, okay? We get, you know, with the day you started courting and dating, you didn't think there was anything wrong with your spouse. And then you got married you found out each of you had faults. And as you found out that you had faults, you started to realize that just, you had to make some adjustments. Can I tell you something tonight? Uh, respect each other. Never lose that respect for each other. And uh, keep your marriage happy and sizzling. And be interested in each other's hobbies and side interests. And by the way, don't let your side interests overtake your family your family necessities. Because, you know, guys, we have a lot of side interests. We do. We can get involved with things. If we're not very careful, we can let those side interests take precedent over our family. We've got to be very, very careful of that. Uh, read the Bible and pray together. Men, best thing you could do, Lead take your family to church. Lead your family to church. You want to be a blessing to your wife? Bring your, bring your wife to church. Ladies, you want to be a blessing to your husband? Go with him to church. If he wants to go to church, you go with him to church. I'm just saying today, listen. Thank God for the gift of home. That doesn't matter how big a home you have, physically speaking, or how small a home you have. What really matters is how much love is inside of that home. Amen. Okay? Let's thank God for the gift of home. Let's thank God for the gift of help. And let me give you the last thing tonight. Would you go back to our verse this evening? Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What does unspeakable mean? What's unspeakable mean? It means. Words cannot describe what I'm going to tell you. There's not enough words in the English language. There's no adjectives that, that are able to describe what I want to tell you. He says, I want to tell you, he says, the Apostle Paul is writing to these believers of the city of Corinth, and he says, Thanks be to God for this unspeakable, this immeasurable, this gift that I don't even have the words or the vocabulary or maybe the mind to describe What is? it is. It's an outstanding gift. It's an over-the-top gift. It's an awesome gift. It's a great gift. It's an amazing gift. What is that gift? Pastor Fong, what is that gift? Let's thank God for the gift of heaven. Because tonight, God wants every person in this room to go to heaven. It is God's will that you go to heaven. God has cast a vote for you. His vote is for you to go to heaven. But there's an enemy we have. That enemy is called Satan. And Satan casts a vote against you because he doesn't want you to go to heaven. He wants you to go to a very terrible place that's called hell. Now, God wants you to go to heaven, and the Bible tells us this. Listen, the Bible says that, the, that for the wages of sin is death... But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at that, if you would, please. The gift of God, something unmerited, something that we don't earn something we don't deserve, something freely given to us with no strings attached, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God wants every person to know for sure that they're going to heaven. And we have to understand that the gift of eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you some qualifiers about this, okay? Because you need to answer the question tonight, not based upon what church you belong to, and you need to answer the question I'm going to give you tonight, not based upon how good you are, but you need to answer this question just without any of those things attached to it, what percentage are you sure that you're going to heaven? And what do you base that on? Because you know what? When you get to the end of life, you better know the answer to that question. You better know that for sure. Now listen to this tonight. First of all, our spiritual condition makes us unable to get into heaven on our own. Our spiritual condition makes us unable to get into heaven on our own. I am a pastor, but I can't get to heaven on my own merit. I can't get to heaven on my title. I can't get to heaven just because I study and read the Bible. That's not going to get me to heaven. I'm a member of Heritage Baptist Church. But being a member of Heritage Baptist Church is not going to get me to heaven. Why? Because my condition, as the Bible describes it, is that I have sin. All of us have sin. Sin is rebellion against God. Sin is going my way and not going God's way. Sin is deciding that I'm not going to follow what God says. Everyone here has committed a sin. You've lied. You may have stolen you may have an anger problem, you may be covetous, whatever it may be, you probably have an idolatry problem. I think most of us do. We're very materialistic living here in America. You know, that's the idol of America. It's basically materialism and education. That's the big idol people worship here. Whatever may be, maybe our jobs, maybe the dollar we're working for, but everyone has a sinful condition. And there's nobody exempt. The Bible says, for all have sinned. That means you, that means me. And that's kind of like in your face, right? But oh, man, I'm a sinner. Yeah, we're all sin- We've all sinned. And the Bible says we come short of the glory of God. Now, watch this. God is here. He's perfect. He's righteous. We're not righteous. Righteous is to be like God. God is here. You and I are right here. And no matter how hard I try is with God here, I can try to do all the good works, I can add religion, I can get baptized. I can memorize a creed, I can memorize this and that, no matter how much I add to it, there's not not enough I can add to here that's going to get me on par with God because I am unrighteous and so are you. All of us have sinned and we come short, right here, we come short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? That is His holiness that is the essence of who God is in our human framework our mindset because we're sinners we don't really have a concept a, a really complete and, and uh, a, a really perfect complete concept of what this matter of holiness is because we are unholy people but our spiritual condition uh, prevents us from being able to get into heaven the way we are that's why the bible says in one of the verses you just saw for the wages of sin is death because we we're sinners there's a consequence to sin god has to punish sin look at Our our legal system we're in here in America and other foreign countries. Every foreign country, every country has a legal system. And that legal system prescribes how laws will be exercised. There are, there are civil laws, how we deal with maybe like car accidents and falls and slips and things like that. And then there's criminal law. And criminal law deals with the punitive action that the government takes upon us or our legal system takes upon us for doing something wrong. If you kill someone, our legal system has to deal with that. If you steal something, our legal system has to deal with that. It, exerts, it, it exercises a certain penalty. And God, who is the author of all laws, because the law points us to God, We have to remind ourselves that God is a God of love, but he's also a God who judges. He's a God of mercy, but he's a God who's righteous and just. And God has to punish sin. And if you and I remain the way we are, and we breathe our last breath and leave this life, we will spend all of eternity in a terrible place called hell. And that's not where God wants you to go. That's not where God wants you to go. And so we must understand something else. Even though in spite of all that, that God must punish sin, listen to this, there is only one way to be saved and to go to heaven. And that one way to be saved and go to heaven is found in a, two verses of scripture. In the book of Romans chapter 5 verses 8 and 9, this is what the apostle Paul said. Because he said, in order to go to heaven, it's not based upon anything we can do. It's based upon something that's already been done for us. We call it in Christian terms, Bible terms, we call it salvation. Salvation is these verses up here. But God commendeth or proved his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Would you fathom that with me for just a minute? God proved his love for us, okay? you know before you could love God, you have to understand something. God loved you first, okay? And because God loved you, he loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sins. He punished his perfect sinless son for you and for me. Christ took the punishment for sin. You might say this, Christ went to hell for you and I. But God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners. Now that phrase or while we're yet sinners means this we deserve to be punished. We should go to hell because we're sinful. We deserve God's punishment upon us because we're sinners. But Christ died for us. So in other words, Jesus Christ took your place and my place. He gave his life as a sacrifice and as a substitute. May I say this tonight? A perfect sacrifice and a perfect substitute in taking your place and mine on the cross for our sins. And so the Bible goes on by saying this in verse 9. Much more than, okay? Now Christ died for us, but it gets better, is what God's saying. He's saying, but much more than, it's better than that. He said, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Now all this is saying this, Jesus Christ took the bullet for us, Jesus Christ suffered for us, and He makes us right in the sight of God. So when God looks at you and I, He looks at you and I as if we never sinned. So in other words, God took away the entire sin debt that we owe him through Jesus Christ. We owe God a sin debt that we don't have money to pay for, and we don't have enough good works to pay for. The only way that sin debt could be paid in full is through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So Christ died for us. He had to shed his blood. He had to die in your place and mine to take that. And when he did all that, he satisfied all of God's demands. Look at it again. We shall be saved from wrath. Whose wrath? God's wrath through Jesus Christ. Watch this tonight. 2,000 years ago... Jesus did everything necessary to provide you salvation. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. It's like having a credit card bill that's very outstanding, and you cannot repay it. And someone comes along and pays down the debt. They say, put the charge on me. And at the end of the day, when that debt's paid for, it's a zero balance. You don't owe anything. What does that mean? That means you have a zero balance. You don't owe anything. You don't owe any debt. Someone else, it was imputed to someone else. You have that free and clear. Guess what that means? That's what Jesus Christ did. Our sin debt was placed on him. When it was placed on him, he left a zero balance on the sin debt. You know what that means? You can be forgiven tonight. You can receive the gift of eternal life because, in order to be saved and go to heaven, it must be through God's Son Jesus Christ. Eternal life is free, but eternal life is not cheap. Eternal life is free, and it's through God's Son Jesus Christ. Tonight, you can be saved and receive the gift of eternal life. Christ died for our sins, but I have good news for you He's not dead, He's alive. He rose again from the dead. And because He rose again from the dead, He's a living Savior. He's alive. And He rose again on His own power to conquer sin and death and Satan. And tonight, God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, offers to everyone here this evening the free gift of eternal life. It can be yours. It's, there's no offering you need to take up for it. There's no money that you can pay for it. It is the grace of God. It is love that you don't deserve. God wants you to be absolutely certain that heaven is your home. He wants you to know on a night like this that you can be certain. You can make certain tonight, on Sunday night, November 10th, that you made sure that you were born again into the family of God. God. And so tonight, you can be saved. Because notice this in Romans 10, 9, you have to exercise faith. You must believe that Jesus died for your sins. You must repent of your sins. And you must believe in your heart that Jesus Christ took your place on the cross. And you say, Pastor Fong, I have to tell you something. Pastor, I've gone to different churches, and I never heard that before. I was always taught I had to live a good life, and I had to get baptized, and do all those things. Well, you know, I think whoever taught you, they were probably very sincere people. But what I'm telling you is not based upon man's concoction. I'm telling you, God, God, God's idea about salvation. I'm telling you, God's simple plan of salvation, God's solution for you. God is the author of salvation. God wants you to go to heaven. If I'm going to go to heaven, I need to go the way that God wants me to go, not my way. You know why? Because if you go another way, it's not going to lead you to heaven. You have to go through Jesus Christ. Salvation is only through God's Son, Jesus Christ. So look at this verse. It tells us that how we can exercise faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in thy heart that God is raised him for the dead, thou shalt be saved. Tonight, you must repent that you're a sinner and believe in all your heart that Christ died for your sins. You know, if you did that tonight, by the authority of God's word, the Bible, you can be saved. Heaven can be your home. You can have absolute certainty when you leave tonight that heaven is your home. You can have absolute certainty tonight that you know that you're born born into God's family. Now, you may have been invited here by someone that's a friend or family member who loves you and cares for you very much. And uh, maybe one of the drivers why they invited you here tonight is because they want you to be sure that you know that you're going to heaven. It must be through Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you tonight, don't put this off. Don't say another convenient time. Don't say you almost persuaded me. Tonight, God wanted you here so you can settle this matter right now where you're sitting and receive God's Son, Jesus Christ, into your heart. Right where you're sitting tonight, you can call on the Lord to save you. This morning, we had a, a, young, a new couple that was invited to our church that were reached through our outreach ministry. And they sat here over my, my left-hand side, your right. And they listened very carefully to the morning message. And as they did so, I was very, very thankful today that at the conclusion of the message, I got a report that both this husband and wife, they called on the Lord to be their Savior. They received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Couldn't have gone back tonight, but they were thankful this e- that this morning they received Jesus Christ as Savior. And they received assurance that heaven is their home. They received assurance today that they know for sure they're going to heaven. Today, they know that they can mark down on November 10th they were born to God's family. And you know what? God loves you. This pastor loves you. This church loves you. We want you to be certain that you're going to heaven. We want you to know for certain that you put your complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ Christ alone because remember God is here you and I are here there's nothing we can do to get up to God's level but when Jesus Christ died for us guess what he did he made it possible for it to be, be right here with God so we can be at the same level with God and be able to know that when we leave this life we can enter to heaven several years ago when my uh, my, my children were very young we went to my father's house and I shared with him what I just shared with you my father was an immigrant here he worked very hard and I really wasn't sure how dad would receive me that night. That, that night I went there it was a very difficult night because mom was scheduled to have some surgery. This is about 20 years ago or so. And mom was scheduled to have some surgery, and so we didn't really know how this was going to all turn out. And dad was listening to me the whole time, and I was amazed. He turned to me, and he said, Alan, he says, i like to receive that free gift of eternal life. And I'm thankful that night, it was a Friday night, my father bowed his head, and a very proud man, he bowed his head, and he humbled his heart, and received Jesus Christ as, as his Savior. Many years later, about three or four years ago, I was, my dad was going through some health challenges, and we'd gone in to see the doctor, and after seeing the doctor, we were driving home, and we were coming back to the house to have some lunch, and I said, Dad, I really got to talk to you. I said, Dad, now what you're having is very serious. I said, the next time you have one of these, it might be a full-blown stroke, it might not be very good. I said, Dad, I don't want you to be in a place where you're incapacitated, you can't think, you can't speak, you can't function i said dad it's really important i said 20 30 years ago we talked about this matter i said can i go over one more time with you i want to make sure from your heart of hearts you know for sure you're saved and i went over that and dad asked me some really good good questions there and at the end of that presentation as i talked to my dad as i'm talking to you this evening i said dad you're a sinner do you believe you're a sinner he said alan i believe i'm a sinner I said dad do you understand God has to punish sin I mean one of the unfortunate things about sin is that the wrath of God has to be poured on it. do you understand God has to punish sin he said Alan I understand that but I said do you understand God doesn't want you to go to hell God punished sin for you on his son Jesus Christ and dad said wow you know he said that's a, that's a pretty amazing thought I said it is dad I said would you I mean you think about it. I, I'm your oldest son would you sacrifice me for a terrible criminal would you give would you sacrifice my life to set some criminal in San Quentin free would you do that he said absolutely not I said, that's what Jesus Christ did for you. He said, wow, I never thought of it that way. And I said, but I have some good news. Jesus just didn't die for you. I said, dad, 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 dad. I said, Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. He's a living savior. He's in heaven. When he could make that decision? And right there, before we were about to eat a bowl of one-ton noodles, man, because that food smelled really good because mom had just made it. We're sitting there at the table, and dad just kind of pushed the bowl away. And he says, "Uh, Alan, he said, I think what you're telling me is I, I need to make sure I'm going to heaven. I said, that's right, dad. And there at the kitchen table was a Thursday, Thursday around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. My father bowed his head again just to make sure he got his assurance of salvation that day. I had no idea, nobody in, that, in my home, in our family, had an idea. 30 days later, he would have a very major stroke that would impair him for the remaining two years of his life. And we're so thankful that when he had a frame of mind, the capability he was healthy at 90 years of age, he made sure that he was going to heaven. Can I tell you tonight, I can tell you so many stories about people in this room who had a very critical stage in their life, they came to the realization they needed Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, how does this all come together? Well, first of all, you have good health. If you're here tonight with family. You're part of a good family. The only piece that you're missing to the puzzle is making sure you're going to heaven. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, the greatest tragedy is to walk out those doors tonight or those doors there and to leave the same way you came in, unsaved, uncertain, where you're going to spend eternity. God loves you. God wants you to make sure that heaven's your home. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved, he says there. Now, you may not know what to do. You look at this, you say, what am I supposed to do? Well, we exercise faith by praying. Some of you probably don't know how to pray. And some of you are probably very shy to pray. I understand that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real fear that people have. So I'm going to help you tonight. If in your heart of hearts you realize tonight you want to be certain that heaven's your home and that your sins are forgiven, you want to be certain today that you're born to God's family, I'm going to help you tonight. I'm going to lead you in prayer, but you must make this prayer your words. You must make it from your heart, and you must mean it, okay? It has to be from you. And I'm I'm going to challenge you tonight. There's hundreds and hundreds of people here in this room and the the room across from us. I want to challenge you tonight to mean business with God. I want you to be serious with God and mean business with God. If you know tonight you're not saved, I invite you tonight to open your heart as I lead you in prayer to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins and receive the gift of eternal life. Because you know what, tonight it would be a tragedy to receive all of these blessings and not know for certain you're doing this. So I'm going to help you right now. I'm going to help you pray so you can make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior.